workers, friends, and strangers have been gathering all day and night, uniting together as they mourn the loss of Trader Joe's store manager, Melita Corrado, who was shot and killed during Saturday's hostage situation in Silver Lake. This is a community grocery store where many customers and employees are familiar faces to one another. Tonight, one of them was tragically killed before an hour's long standoff here in Silver Lake. The Corrado family does not know what Nellie Corrado's last moments were like, or how she died, or how long from the time that she was shot until she died, or the location where she died. Witnesses describe a chaotic gun battle between the suspect and police in front of the Trader Joe's on the 2700 block of Hyperion Avenue. Melly Corrado was caught in the gun battle between police and the suspect, Gene Atkins. An LAPD officer's bullet fatally hit Corrado. During the entire time, we have sought out the answers as to why Melly, an innocent bystander, was shot and killed by a police bullet. We have contacted the Los Angeles coroner's office for their findings for a copy of their report. And each time we've been told that the LAPD has placed a security hold on the release of this information. This episode is dedicated to the celebration of life of Melly Gordado. For those that do not know, Melly Gordado was shot and killed by the police in pursuit of a suspect and by shooting into a supermarket without precautions taken. So this poem is dedicated and well as it's entitled Sunflowers. It was by the poet Montgomery. Montgomery said this of sunflowers, eagle of flowers, I see they stand, and on the sun's noon glory gaze. With eye like his, thy lids expand, and fridge their discs with golden rays. Though fixed on earth, and darkness rooted there, light is thy element, thy dwelling air, thy prospect heaven. Theo Henderson from Weedy and House. We're right now at the rally on Memorial uh, for Melly Garado, and we are speaking with the father of M Melly Garado. And I want to thank him for taking his time to be gracious enough to talk with me. Thank you for joining us. You're welcome. Thank you. So, can you tell us a little bit? How was Melly like when she was a kid, or uh, a little bit about Melly? Melly was was full of life. Melly was full of life. What racing Melly was a joy. Uh, you know, and not too many people have the opportunity and the chance that I have by racing Melly by myself. Melly's mom died in 2003. I'm sorry to hear that. Okay. So I, ra I raised them by myself. By myself. I didn't, I didn't want to be bring a stepmom figure to the house. Uh -huh. um, you hear too many horror stories. Uh -huh. So I did it all on my own. And I think I did a good job. Bro. Obviously, because you touched, she's touched a lot of people's lives. Look at, look at, look at this, this beautiful day today, all this march in honor of my, Melly. Mm -hmm. She, all these people came off Melly because mm -hmm. of Melly. So I think I did something good, you know? 
unfortunately, I, I agree. She, unfortunately <laughs> she left too soon. Yeah. You know? I mean, um, what, what, what was in your own words? How did what happened? So I can understand. And what, what can you, what can we do to support you guys? Be here every year. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we're planning on doing a march for Melly every single year. Um, whether we are victory in our trial or not, we're still going to march for Melly. This is only the beginning. We this is the second year we marched for Melly. Last year we marched from the from the church to here. Now we did from the police station, and and, and we'll continue to do so. Yes. Do you think you're going to get justice for your daughter? Hopefully, I, I think we, you know the city of Los Angeles has to make changes. Not only for Melly, for for all the Mellies mm -hmm. in the city. Mm -hmm. You know, she's not the only victim. One victim. There's a lot of other families that are going through the same thing I'm going. And for all those people, we need we need victory. What if you uh, are you for uh, the police being held accountable or being what we, this is this is all this is what this march is all about. Well, I want the police officers that killed Melly mm -hmm. to be charged. Why not? You you commit a crime, you do the time. Mm -hmm. Put them in jail, put them in send them to prison. Make them feel mm -hmm. like what we feel. Yes. So, I, Mr. Garado, um, is there anything would you like for the rest of us to know or what uh, to give us to keep us on on the update? What can we do if we need to find out an update? Of well, you can follow us on Twitter. Okay. That's you know, you can follow us on Twitter, and, and sometimes when we go to court, when there is a court day, we all go. You guys are welcome to come to court with us. The more people we bring in, the more noise we make. That's Outstanding. Everybody's invited. Any 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 court day that we go, mm -hmm. everybody's invited. Come over, so you guys will know what's going on. Mr. Garado, I thank you again. You all, my, extend my deepest condolences, and I also want to thank you and let you, uh, for getting to know the spirit of Melly, who seemed to be re uh, resonated with so many people. Her niece, uh, your son. And everyone seems to have always have something kind and nice uh, uh, to say with love about your daughter. And I think that's an example of your parenting. And it is a tragedy that she loved too soon. All right. Thank you. Thank you very much. See you guys next year. Thank you. This is Theo Henderson from Weedy on House. I thank you all for listening. And may we again meet in the light of understanding. Oakland beloved unhoused community resident Guy Mike Lee passed away this week on August 3rd, 2020. Guy was known for his straight, no-nonsense talk and sense of humor. Fellow unhoused activist and friend remembers him fondly, calling him the Obi-Wan, and he is the Skywalker who will continue to carry on his message. In other political news, a former unhoused resident, Corey Bush, defeats 20-year veteran Representative Lacey Clay in a Missouri primary. Seattle City Council voted to defund the team that removes unhoused encampments. 
They are known as the navigation teams, which use police officers and sanitation workers and outreach workers. They force unhoused people to get non-existent services and remove their belongings. The vote was five to four to remove police from the team and redirect the funding to nonprofit service providers. Of course, Seattle Mayor Jenny Durkin is against the vote. Businesses and neighborhoods are also opposed to it. They're citing that there will be an explosion of unhoused people and the laying off of 10 police officers is the result of this measure. In Beirut, Lebanon, an explosion leads up to 300,000 houseless. On July 31st, 2020, the Los Angeles Police Sanitation and Losser resumed their sweep services during COVID-19. In a vote that was ranged from 10 to 4, council members voted for these drastic measures. Joe Biscano, ex-cop, touted that the need for decriminalization as well as harassment of the unhoused is necessary to get them to remove all their junk off the street. The Kadiba Fellowship had a donation drive. They asked for old backpacks filled with feminine hygiene products, gently used clothing, and bottled water on August 1st, 2020. An Oakland family is asking the public to help them to solve the murder of their unhoused son, Jeffrey Chambers Jr. He was stabbed on July 17, 2020. Salvation Army in Modesto County has an uptick of 25 houseless residents that has COVID-19.
absorb all of this energy. Because one of the things that we know is when they steal our people from us, they can steal their bodies, but they cannot steal their spirits. And I've never, I never met Nellie in life, but I feel her presence here. Y'all feel her presence here?
We got a chop from the top. All right. Melly forever. Y'all say it. Melly forever. When we 
say that we have to honor that. So we're going to get it, right? We didn't know how long it took for her to die. We didn't know where exactly she was shot. And it was only after we went to court to ask for this that they finally gave it to us. I was talking to a friend of mine a few months ago and he talked to about his brother who had died in a horrific car accident. And it was on a road that they had been taking since they were kids. It was like going back home to visit their parents. And so he told me that the next time he went to visit his family on that same road, he saw the scorch marks where his brother's car caught fire. And so those scorch marks are still there. And just as every time I drive down the street, I picture the inside of that Trader Joe's and I picture Melly bleeding out. I try to think about the spot where it happened. I try to think about what she thought about in her final moments. And, you know, I don't really know what to, what to make of that. But I, what I do know is that when that happened, I knew that it was going to be my mission to hold the people responsible, accountable. And whatever, whatever shape that was going to take, I knew that at some point I would have to join the fight. And I actually invited Mayor Garcetti here today. And as far as I can tell, he's not here. <laughs> So, so he's not here, and, and he actually met, he, he missed Melly's funeral, because he was out of town, because he thought at the time that he, he would maybe be able to run for president. <laughs> Can you imagine that, President Eric Garcetti? <laughs> but I knew that when he did that, he, he insulted my father. It wasn't even that he insulted me, he insulted my father, who was at the lowest point of his life. And Michael Moore, when he went on to, his, to do his press conference about Melly's murder, said it was a tragedy, but I want you to put yourself in the position of those officers. So at that point, he's already trying to remove the culpability of those officers. And a year later, when we went to the police commission to see whether or not the shooting was in policy, he, he came up to us and he smiled and shook my father's hand, knowing that he had already said that those two officers were in policy. He gave him a clean bill of health and he sat there and smiled and said, you know, this actually is going to take place in a closed session. So we didn't even see him say the words that it was in policy. He read about it the next day in the LA Times.
And they brought her up as a flower, as a sunflower. Put your flowers up. You see, every one of these petals right here is you. Carry on is a democracy. We take the consensus of the people. So we're here for you. This respect is for you. And the love is for you, Taylor. We all love you. Thank you. No, it's an honor. Thank you for inviting me. 
This is Theo Henderson from Weed In House. I have one of the uh, explosive and excellent speakers, but uh, we're here for in memory of a very strong person and a very uh, heartful sunlight person. She brought a lot of light into a lot of people's lives. Her name was Melly Garado, and I'm here talking with her brother about uh, what she was like, what this incident is that happened, and why we're here today. So without further ado, let's talk with Albert. Albert, thank you for joining us. Hey, Theo, good to see you. I'm, I'm really happy you're here today. Thank you. Uh, tell us a little bit about Melly. You know, she I'm sure she seems larger than life from what I've heard. Yeah, yeah Melly, you know, she was my younger sister, but in a lot of ways, you know, she was very wise. And so I would go to her to, for advice. I mean, I obviously was an older brother, so I try to guide her down the right path. But mm -hmm. she's very smart, you know, brilliant person. But one of the most caring people I've ever known. Like she made you feel like on your spe most special day, that much more special. She, she really knew how to take care of people and she really cared for the people in her life, whether they were family or friends. She wanted to make sure where you stood with her and it was always in good standard. Yeah. Well, that's excellent. It sounds like she had, had a very good family, a very good upbringing and you sound like a very good brother. So um, can you tell us what happened or walk us through, to give us a little bit of insight yeah, so on July 21st, 2018, uh, the LAPD was in pursuit of a man named Gene Atkins. Um, he had shot his grandmother and, and they found him, uh, after, like he had a stolen car. They found him and they, they pursued him and his car, uh, the, the wheel popped and crashed into a light pole outside of the Trader Joe's in Silver Lake. He ran inside and the police were, you know, shot into the store trying to kill him. And Melly was caught in the crossfire and she, and she died. Was, uh, did the police get arrested or what happened? No, I mean, as far as I can tell, they were, you know, what mostly happens is they're put on uh, desk duty on some sort of leave. They have to fill out a lot of paperwork. But as far as I know, a month later, they were back out on the streets. My goodness, you go and shoot into a, an hour crime. What would, let me ask you a, a hypothetical question. Sure. Let's suppose if you had a, uh, was upset and you were running after someone and you shot in the crowd and you accidentally killed maybe a cop or then what would be the penalty for that? I mean, I'd be in prison. I'd be to life in prison. I think for some reason a cop's life matters more than a civilian's life. When a civilian gets killed, you know, in the crossfire or anything like that, it's always chalked up to wrong place, wrong time. We're sorry, but we're doing our jobs. But if I were to do the same thing, because it's not my job to go out and kill people, then if I if I were to murder a, a police officer, I would go to prison. No questions asked. I would have been arrested that day and probably murdered in prison. You know, that, that it's very, the, the way that, that a cop's life is valued over a civilian's is, is very troubling. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. I think the idea of qualified immunity just goes overboard. Yeah. One of the things is, so how did the police reach out to you or speak to you about the incident? Our only, our only sort of interaction with the police was Chief Moore trying to meet with us for a photo opportunity before the um, press conference where he admitted that the LAPD killed Melly. Otherwise, we got a lawyer pretty quickly, so they didn't want to talk to us, and they actively have been trying to withhold information from us. I heard you mention that. They stated that they uh, were trying to be cooperative in anything you need, but what happened? They put a security hold on Melly's autopsy. They ran a toxicology test on Melly looking for drugs, and she was the victim of a shooting. She wasn't interacting with the cops. She wasn't running from them. And she you didn't know. break a law. So no, why? she was exactly. working. She was at work, and yeah. and you know what I always tell people is that when that guy's car hit the pole, she thought she heard a car accident. She didn't know that someone was running from the police. Right, right. So she went out to go help someone. Mm -hmm. So her last conscious action as a human being was to go help someone. And so that is that is how I try to live my life. Is I go 
you know, try to help and people. See the, and see the good in things. Yeah, and yeah. also just, you know, like, sometimes if you help people, if you give people kindness, you're not always going to get kindness back, and exactly. that's okay. Yes. And you need to be okay with that, and you need to know that sometimes if you try to help people, you may not, it may not be received in a good way, or you may even even get hurt, or get, you know, and, and but you still have to help people. But you plant a seed like the sunflower, and the yeah. sunflower can be spread everywhere. Yeah, and I think... Because you never know what that goes into. Yeah, and my, my goal is to tell people about Melly and inspire more people to get involved in these causes, because I got involved because I wanted to uplift Melly's name, and I needed to do something to give back to this community and to help fix this city that, that took my sister from me. So if I can do that, someone who had never done anything with politics, who'd never engaged in, in this sort of stuff, if I can go and be successful, anyone else can. Anyone else can do that, and it doesn't, it doesn't and should not take a tragedy for that to happen. So what happens if when you hear people talk about not all cops, um, you, we need police or all of this, what would be your response to that? What I say is that even if you're not the one pulling the trigger, if you're not falsifying reports, if you're not harassing people, you're covering up for the ones that do. So you're as complicit as anybody else. So if you know that your partner used you know, excessive force, if you know that he planned to drugs, if you know that he killed someone who didn't have a weapon on them and you file a report that's false, if you say a statement that's false, you are complicit. So you, you didn't pull the trigger, but you are knowingly helping in the murder or harassment of people. So that's why the system needs to be broken down and, and built from scratch. Because if that's a built-in thing, if cops know that they're going to get away with it, what's to stop them from killing anyone for any reason whatsoever? When you went to the police commission, did they uh, offer any condolences or any kind of way to re besides the besides uh, you know Chief Moore shaking my dad's hand and and what you know kind of thanking us for being there? No, I mean our, our relationship with them. We filed a lawsuit four months after Melly was killed. So mm -hmm. since then they've they've really kept their hands off of us and and we really haven't had much contact, which is good because we don't necessarily want any. We we're coming for everything they have, and so we don't want to settle. We don't want to be friends with them. We don't want to we don't want anything. But but justice or, you know, abolishment of the police. I was going to ask, too, because um, have you tried with the NAACP and the, um, the FBI, would they investigate? I don't know. Actually, I haven't thought about that. I have to talk to my lawyers, but I, it's certainly something that, and, you know, my father wants justice for Melly. I mean, obviously, I do, too, but my the work that I do, that I go out and try to do, is, is very immediate, and the things that we want are going to take time. So... For me, getting involved and, and going against the LAPD, not just in a courtroom, mm -hmm. but on the streets, on the social media or whatever, that's the fight in, in its immediacy, right? Like, the trial is a fight writ large, and it's it's a big one, right? But mm -hmm. if I can go out there and protest and do things and call them out, that's, that's you know, doing the work as well. Outstanding. Uh, like, I, would, I, I thank you very much for your time, and, and I know you're going to have a busy, hectic day. And I really am touched by the story, and I'm, I'm inspired that Melly stood for more than life than many of these cops that are being deified. And I thank you again. Thank you, Theo. I appreciate your show and, and everything you're doing. Thank you so thank much. Thank you. Appreciate this is Theo Henderson from Weedy and House, and I thank you all for listening. May we all meet again in the light of understanding. Thank you for listening to episode 30. It's important to remember Melly, to celebrate her kindness and her generosity to her friends and family, but also to fight for her and the justice that she deserves. This is Theo Henderson from Weedy House, and I thank you all for listening. May we again meet in the light of understanding.